what if instead of asking how much more like you know out of this scarcity mindset of like can I ask I don't know it changes to like how much more do you want to give like how much more do you want to do in my community how much more do you want to do in my church how much more do you want to do in my relationships how much more do you want to do in my career like I'm here for it God I'm hungry for it I'm like willing and again back to the humility piece like I'm on my knees Lord like I'm on my knees and I'm knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most confident women that you will ever meet to discover the secret to moving beyond insecurity. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I just want to know. How are you this week? I hope that your week is off to a beautiful start and that you are just thriving in intimacy with the Lord. This is my prayer for you, sis. I have personally had a very challenging week, but you know, it comes with the territory and so it's fine. (laughs) However, I do thank those of you who just say a tiny little prayer for me when I come to mind. I am doing the same for you. And if this is your first time listening in, it is my hope that you will listen all the way to the end because our guests always help to end our time with a beautiful prayer that leaves us feeling as if we've grown more intimately with the Lord and we have just got one another's backs, to be quite honest. As you know, this is not a lonely place here. This is a place where we get to talk back and forth to one another and I am so ridiculously grateful for each and every one of you who have shared the podcast on social media, told your friends about it, left a review. My goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much for showing up. I am just so honored to do life with you. And today, today I get to shout out my friend Jennifer Longnecker. She is on Instagram at Jennifer Longnecker. And We met at She Speaks this past year and she actually became my accountability buddy very quickly (laughs) over a brunch that we were having on the last day there. And she's actually helping to hold me accountable to have some of these deeper leveled conversations because it is something that I feel the Lord has put on my heart for quite some time. And I acknowledged and shared with her that I felt a little intimidated to do so. It was some spiritual warfare that I was encountering. And my sweet friend has not only come around to check on me, but she also is a part of our community here. And Jennifer, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your favorite takeaways from last week's episode with Mectis. You bless my entire life and I can't wait until one day where we can see one another again. But for now, sis, which book do you want? because I definitely have books to send you. If you have yet to write a review on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please head over. It would just bless this show so much, y'all. 
I get up at like four and five in the mornings to record these episodes, edit them and everything else around my full schedule and my full-time job. And it's my hope that they truly do encourage you. So thank you. Thank you for encouraging my heart. Today, I am so excited to get into the conversation with my sweet friend, Molly Wilcox. We're lightening it up a little bit, but we are going to really build on last week's conversation and some of the themes that we did touch on. However, before we can get into that time, you already know, we enjoy reading the word over ourselves so that we can just grow in intimacy with the Lord. And that is what we're going to do today. Today, I have a few excerpts from Psalm 42 that have just been encouraging my heart and really helped to set up this conversation. I am reading out of the New International Translation, if you want to follow along. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That has been verses 1 through 5 of the 42nd Division of Psalm, and I pray that it encourages your heart today. Molly is an author and a coach in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville, but she is originally from the Chicago suburbs and will never pass up a good piece of pizza. Her first book, How Much More, is available now everywhere books are sold, and she fell in love with studying and writing about God's word when she began researching scripture engagement for Bible Gateway. That love led her to develop a role as a contributing writer for the Abide Bible, and the rest is history. Molly sends out a beautiful email devotional weekly, and it is the thing that keeps her up at night, pulls her off the couch and away from the drama of The Bachelor, and makes her lose track of time. Molly is passionate about teaching others how to lean into the promises of God and live purposeful, equipped, and brave. She's going to help you forget the fluff and get to the good stuff, the saving news of the gospel and the power and authority we have access to. God's best for you is better than you think. Would you please help me welcome Molly, welcome. I am just 
so excited that Molly Wilcox is here with me today. I really am. We got to meet through a writing program that we're a part of, and she was facilitating the class that I get to be a part of with Hope Writers. And even though I wasn't able to connect in real time, we live in an age with a blessing of the internet. And so she and I were able to connect afterwards and then a couple of times through her book launch, which we will be getting into today. But I'm just ridiculously grateful for my friend. Molly, how are you? I'm doing so well, and I'm so excited to be here. Super excited for this conversation. I feel like the Lord is going to do something big tonight. Yes. I absolutely believe it because we have had every interruption, every distraction that we possibly could. You know, I have been entering into different conversations with friends and new connections and associations who are really struggling to connect with those who think differently than them, with those who have different experiences than they do. And I know that you personally write about humility. Your blog is just absolutely beautiful. And I pray that the listeners would go over and read all of the resources that you offer. But one of the resources and one of the blogs that you have written on is about humility. So can you talk to us about why it's so important that we cultivate humility and how we can be in constant pursuit of this? Yeah, oh, I love this question. Um, one of my favorite Bible verses is that God opposes the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. And I think so many people are fascinated with the favor of God. And they're like, how do I get that? Like, how do I become highly favored in God's eyes? Like, am I God's favorite? You know, and it's like, it's right there in the word, like it's humility. And so I feel like God tends to just elevate those who are bowed down. And so it's like that is really easy to digest, but how do you actually do that in your life today? Like what does it actually look like to live a humble life today? And it's interesting that you bring up those conversations with people who think differently and people who maybe have a different worldview, or maybe they're a Christian, but they're reading the same passages even in the Bible, but they have a different context that they bring to the table. Maybe they're reading those words and understanding it in a different way. Um, and I think, I always think back to this professor that I had in college. He was wonderful. Something he told me because I, I was a little bit difficult probably to have in Bible classes. <laughs> I went to a Christian school and I was just poking holes in everything because I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so for me, I was like, I just really want to understand. And so I was constantly asking like, well, what about this? What about this? So I would go to his office and I would say, you know, like someone at my church over the weekend said this, but you said this in class and this is what we read. So what does this all mean? You know, and he had such a humility, which was so crazy because he knew the Bible better than anybody I know still to this day. He's so like just profound in his understanding of the word of God. And he would say, Molly, one third of my theology is wrong, but I don't know which third. And I was like, wow, like this man who knows his Bible cover to cover and is teaching all these Bible classes, speaking in chapel, and has since then done some really cool stuff in the pub like publishing space as well, is telling me like one third of my theology is wrong. I don't know which third and I won't know until I get to heaven. And so I was just like, what if I approach every theological conversation with that mindset and always asking God, 
what do I have to learn in this? And like, what is it that you want to teach me in this instead of like being really closed in the way that I'm thinking really black and white in the way that I'm thinking and kind of closing my hands and saying like, well, this is what I've been taught. This is what I experienced. So like, this has to be truth. And instead being like, okay, Lord, like someone else is reading this different than me. So what does that mean? Um, and how do I create a culture of honor with that person too? Like, how can I honor someone else's opinion and make sure I really hear it and say, you know, like you have a seat at this table. Like if God's speaking something different to you than me, like I want to figure out like why, and like, what are we meant to learn from each other? Um, we're all made in the image of God, right? So we're all bringing kind of this beautiful kaleidoscope together. So I think humility is really about listening, like really about listening um, and something else I talk about is a certain type of listening. So you can listen just like how we are right now. Right. And you can listen and think, okay, what am I going to say next? Like, what am, what's going to be my next argument? Like, what am I going to say to respond? But there's a different kind of listening that's even deeper where instead of saying, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say to respond? You say, how am I going to understand this person's experience? I'm not looking for my reply. I'm looking to actually understand like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? And like, where is that thought coming from? Like almost trying to like get inside of your experience and say like, this is what this means to you. So I can fully understand what you're communicating. And I think that in my life, I've realized that's kind of where humility comes from is saying like, I care so much about this other person that I'm going to really try to understand their experience instead of just wondering like, well, what's my counter argument going to be? <laughs> Yeah, my goodness, that was so rich. And I definitely know that I have a lot of growth to make in that area. So I am starting by asking questions to listen and not always to have a response. However, I think sometimes people expect a response. And so there's some pressure there, you know? <laughs> but I have been trying to say, you know, I appreciate your perspective. I'm glad you're here. And I'm going to continue thinking about that and researching and praying on it. So thank you for that. You know, you mentioned that you didn't grow up in a Christian home. And this is something that I never would have known about you because of the writing and the depth that you go to when you write, the projects that you've worked on like that with Bible Gateway and whatnot. And so can you just tell us, you know, how did you come to know Christ? Yeah, I love this story. <laughs> it is so beautifully random. Um, but I, there's so many pieces like that I think can be so encouraging, but I received a random invitation from a friend to her church youth group. And so I always tell people like invite that friend, like invite the person who you're thinking of, invite the person who you're like, maybe they won't come. Like, I don't know. Um, and so I went to this youth group and that night they were showing a movie and it was actually not even in English and it was in black and white and it had subtitles. Um, but it, it basically was kind of like a spinoff to like show the story of God and Jesus. And it was this kind of weird movie about like basically this father worked at like a train station and he had to make this choice between either saving his son who was in a situation where he was going to get hit by the train. It's kind of gory um, or saving all the people on the train. And for me, just seeing that image when he chose the people on the train, really something clicked because one of the people on the train, um, it showed like that she just had this awful life and was making all these poor decisions. She was like a drug addict and all these horrible things. 
And then they show like a flash forward at the very end where the man is walking through the train station years later, having lost his son and sees the same woman and she's completely healed and has a baby. And so that image just like wrecked me as a seventh grader. And I remember the pastor was like, does, does anyone like want to give their life to Jesus? And you know, you're supposed to raise your hand and like say a special prayer. And of course I did not do those things because I was like, I am so nervous to do that. This is like my first time at a church thing. Like there's all these other kids here, like no way. Um, but I went home and I was like, you know what? Like, I can't stop thinking about this. And I'm pretty sure there's something to this. And so I just said, you know, Jesus, like if you're real, like I'm in. And that was, that was like my conversion moment. Um, but there's obviously a lot more that came along with like learning how to be a Christian, having no context or really um, a lot of people in my, like there was no one in my life right away who was like a role model for me. But um, I did end up attending that church and then going to like high school ministry stuff and things like that. And then ended up choosing a Christian university, which is where I really kind of solidified my faith in the church community that I found there, which is really sweet. Jesus, if you're real, I'm in. I love that confession of faith. <laughs> yeah. And I think it speaks so powerfully, just to you said, you know, the very simple acts of obedience that we can do as Christ followers to just invite somebody, you know, to just invite them to a space where we may leave them with a stone in their shoe, a pebble in their shoe, where they can continue to think about those matters long after. It's not always about the grand closing and the excitement of all of that, but it's about what Holy Spirit is doing in their hearts. So that is beautiful. And today you help people with a variety of things. I mean, so much. We could really take this conversation a thousand different ways. But one of the resources that you offer, which is my absolute favorite, is how to read the Bible if it feels boring. And we have a variety of listeners with a wide breadth of experience here. And so some of our sisters, you know, know the word we're raised in church and can quote it you know like it's their phone number however they've lost some of that you know excitement and intrigue because of how long they've been in it and we have others that may just be here you know for the first time that may just be interested in the conversation and have yet to really pick up their bibles and i will tell you that i have been both of these women at different points in my life and i I just want to know what would you recommend to the woman who's, you know, really looking to go a little bit deeper into scripture to see what it does say so that she can enjoy it. So good. This is something that I love talking about because after that conversion moment, I was immediately told when I entered into Christian communities, uh, like I would ask, you know, what do I do now? Like what's next? And people would say, pray and read the Bible. And I was like, okay, I don't know how to do either of those things, but I'll try, you know? And so like, what did I do? I went home and I got a Bible and I opened it up to the beginning Genesis and started reading. And, you know, somewhere in the middle of Genesis, I stopped. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Uh, none of this makes sense. And I'm done. You know, I tried and I don't think people actually really do it. And so for a couple of years of my faith, I really believed that when people said they were reading their Bible, that they were lying. Um, and I really thought that people were like, oh yeah, I read my Bible every day. I'm like, I'm like, no one does that. Like, it's kind of like, you know, 
flossing or something. Like you tell your dentist you floss all the time. I'm like, do you really? I don't know. That's how I thought Bible reading was. Okay. So I get to college and I was in like Bible college. So I had to read the Bible for my classes. And I was like, oh, like a lot of people around me do know what this says, which tells me that they've read it before. So I'm like, why is there this disconnect for me? Like, why do I not understand this? And, and I did form a relationship with this professor who was a Bible professor. He ended up officiating my wedding and all these things. And so he, um, would talk about scripture engagement. And that was when I kind of got into like, just really loving God's word. And it just totally changed for me. So something that I learned right away was my personality just does not work with just waking up and sitting down and reading like a full chapter and just digesting it and making it make sense. Like it just doesn't connect for me. And so I started like wondering, you know, if God made us all unique, like, why would we all have the same morning routine? <laughs> and why would we all have the same experience with God? Like, it can look different. So with scripture engagement, there's all of these practices that I started to learn where you can really engage with the word in a different way. So there's so many that I like to do. Um, I am very easily distracted. So something that I found really powerful is actually reading my Bible out loud. Um, maybe crazy to some people. It doesn't work great if you have roommates, but I love just reading the word of God because it makes me go slower. It makes me actually like hear the words and like you notice certain words in a different way. Um, and that's a profound practice that's been happening in the church for like forever because before there was actual tangible Bibles, like that's how we pass down the word of God. So it's a really cool practice to do. Um, and then there's so many others, but meditating on scripture is a huge one. I love praying scripture. So just reading a small passage. And even if it isn't um, explicitly a prayer, you can always turn it into a prayer. So maybe you're reading a passage that talks about like the strength of the Lord. And it's not really a prayer, but you can pray and ask God, like, God, give me your strength today. Like, let me feel and experience your strength. Like, let me see your strength in my community. So anything in the word can be a prayer. So I love doing that writing the word of God. So this is one that I definitely recommend, especially if you've been in the word for a long time, because I think it gets easy to be like, I know what this says. And so I'm just going to read Luke and like, I know what's in there, you know, but if you actually hand copy the passage for yourself in the notebook, word for word, you have to go so much slower. And there's something like really cool that happens with your brain, all this psychology stuff that experts will say. So it'll help you remember the word of God better. Um, but also you'll probably notice something different because you'll like, you'll feel it in your own hand, you know? So you might notice a word that you're like, wait, like, I didn't know that that was there before. And so I could go on for forever because there's so many different ways, but definitely check out that resource online. And if you have any questions to anyone listening, I will talk your ear off about how to read God's word because there's so many ways to read it. And I, I think it was really interesting what you're sharing about people who have been in the word for a long time. Cause I think something that I'm passionate about is bringing back like that first love experience with the Lord of feeling like you're just falling in love with him again every day. And so if you are longing for like that freshness in your time in the word of God, like definitely try something new because I think that brings back that first love kind of experience. 
Mm, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And I know that you write about that, that you really have a passion for helping women find fulfillment in God's presence. And so you've written this book called How Much More. And my question for you is, why is this such an important question? And what is it that you hope to help women and the readers uh, just walk through and come out of it with? Uh, um, it was a big question. question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big question. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I'll start by talking about the title a little bit because I think that that kind of gets into it. So how much more um, does come from scripture? And so there's multiple verses in the Bible that use that. So I'll just leave that there. And if you want to Google it, Google it. Um, but for me, this question was kind of coming up in my life when I graduated. I graduated from a great school. I had like perfect job, great job lined up. I had the perfect husband. We moved. We had a lot of things going for us, but I still felt this sense of like longing in my soul and in my spirit. And I was like, confronted with this. And I started asking myself, like, is something wrong? Like, is something off? If I still feel this sense of like, is there more to life than this? Like, is this it? And for a while I was really quiet about that longing. Like I didn't really tell my husband. I didn't really tell any of my friends. I was really quiet with people back home and in our new community, I was kind of like, I don't know like what to say. I felt, I felt a little bit guilty. And then when I started diving in, I realized that I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't really have like a deep sense of purpose. And so I had this mentor who was like asking me, Molly, like, what do you want? And I was like, I, I don't know what to say to that, you know? So I went back to the word and I was reading the story where Jesus heals a blind man and he asks him, what do you want? And I realized even though Jesus knows everything we want, all of our longings, all of our desires, all of our hopes, all of our dreams, like he knows it all. He still wants to hear it from us. And I think that I was so afraid of sharing with God what I wanted because I was like, well, what if he sees me fully, you know, and I say, Lord, like, I want more. And he's like, oh gosh, like, that's really not humble of you. <laughs> like, that was kind of my fear. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know, when you do say, Lord, like, I want more, I'm longing for more. He's like, I'm so glad you asked. And like, I have so much more to give. And there's a really great John Ortberg quote that basically says, what if the unlimited longing of our soul is because God's not yet done giving. And I basically found that God wasn't done giving. And I was like, what if instead of asking how much more, like, you know, out of this scarcity mindset of like, can I ask? I don't know it changes to like, how much more do you want to give God? Like, how much more do you want to do in my community? How much more do you want to do in my church? How much more do you want to do in my relationships? How much more do you want to do in my career? Like I'm here for it, God, I'm hungry for it. I'm like willing. And again, back to the humility piece, like I'm on my knees, Lord, like I'm on my knees and I'm ready for you. Um, and I think like, I, I talk about this a lot, but my image of the Lord a lot is just that he is like, he is like searching, like he's just searching the whole earth and he's just looking for people who are willing. And he has so many things that I feel like he's just like looking for people to steward. And, you know, he's looking for the person who's saying like, I'm ready, God, like I'm ready. I, I want to do it. Um, 
So yeah, I think it's just a lot of willingness to, to ask the big questions. And I think when we go to God and we say, you know, God, this is what I want. He meets it with, look at what I want to do. And like, here's how these things are going to come together and bring this enormous kingdom impact that you could have never imagined. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. I just believe that there is someone here today who has a longing for more, more in their spirit. And so I encourage you to ask that question. But, you know, I know you also write to those who have been disappointed. And so I just want to ask you, what would you say to the woman who was struggling to find the confidence to ask the Lord to do a new thing when she has been disappointed in her past by that one thing that she just knew that he was going to do? Our conversation will be back in just a moment. But for right now, I want to ask, are you the creative, the queen, or the conqueror? Could you be all three? I want to invite you to head over to LiveDooly.com and take the Confident Collaborations Quiz. Together, we are going to walk in our calling more confidently than ever before and engage in kingdom collaborations. This two-minute quiz will help you identify your strengths and even a few areas of growth to help you be everything that God designed you to be. It's at livedooly.com slash quiz, and you can find the link in the description below. So good. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite stories in the Bible is Hannah's story in first Samuel. And this is the one that I kind of feel like really just embodies the whole message of the book, but also it's just like, it's a representation of what I believe that the Lord, like really like what his heart is for this message. And so like Hannah is really disappointed for those who don't know her story. She's not able to have children. She's married and her husband also has another wife, you know, Bible times, weird stuff. Um, and that wife could have children. And so she's facing the thing that she longs for most every day. And whenever I think of that story, I'm like, how hard would it be to be side by side with someone who has the exact thing that you are just longing for? And so they're at this feast and she's supposed to be enjoying the food, but instead the sister wife is like provoking her and teasing her about this longing. And she's just feeling this disappointment. It says in the word that she's not eating and she's just deep, like in deep anguish. But it's so interesting because what she does is she stands up and she goes and she speaks to the Lord by herself. And there's this powerful moment where in scripture where she's crying out to the Lord, so much intensity that, that, they think she's drunk and they're like, what is happening here? Because this is so intense. This is so uninhibited that like, you can't be in your right mind and praying like that. And she's like, no, like, this is me going to God with my experience. And I'm bringing it all to the table. I'm unashamed before the Lord. I'm crying. I'm like just a mess. And like, I'm ready. I'm ready for him to show up. And I think that for the girl who's in that place and for the girl who's in that disappointment of like, Lord, like, when's it my turn? Or like, you know, what about what you said? Like, what about the promise? Like, I'm confused. I'm frustrated. I don't see it happening. The most important thing you can do is go and be with the Lord. And 
I think that Hannah has this profound moment where she stands up and she actually even walks away. Like it's a feast. That's like a worshipful moment. And she's basically like, I can't even worship God until I like, you know, go and wrestle with him for a little bit and say like, we're going to have it out. Like we're going to have this conversation. So I think that there's something profound about just saying, you know what, like I am going to go to my prayer closet. I'm going to go outside of my backyard. I'm going to yell at God. Like I'm going to just, I'm going to get it all out there. I'm going to cry. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to say, this is, this is where I'm at Lord. And then she asks God to change her circumstances. And she says, this is what I want. And I think the most interesting thing about this is she said, I want a son. She doesn't say, I want a kid. Like, help me have a child. Like, that would be great, Lord. That's what I want. She's so specific in her ask. And I think there's something really cool about that because when we're really specific in our ask, we increase the amount of glory that the Lord gets because when he answers, it's so clear that it was him and that he was the one who moved on our behalf. And it says in the word that then she gets up and her face is no longer downcast. So her entire experience changes and she's able to worship the Lord. And then, then her circumstance changes later. So I think it's really important to notice that the shift in her internally and her spiritually happens first. And it actually happens like pretty immediately. So I think that that is like an encouragement to the girl who's like, gosh, like I just, I mean, I don't even know, you know, like, I don't even know where to go. Like, I feel so disappointed in this. I've been waiting on the Lord for forever. Like, I feel like doing the right things, but it's just not working. Like go and be with the Lord and be honest before him because he already knows that he really wants to hear it. And there's something supernatural that I think will happen there. And then be specific and be specific in your prayer request, because I really believe that God like will move on your behalf. Yeah. That is so good. That is so good. Y'all, he is not afraid of our emotions. He's not afraid of our anger and he's not afraid of our questions either. Now, there have been moments where I haven't always received the answer when I've asked the Lord, why? Why did that have to happen? But I will tell you that I received peace when I walked out of that space. And there were times and seasons that I had to go back again and again and again. And as you said, Molly, wrestle, wrestle with him and share that I was angry. I was disappointed. I was hurt. I couldn't believe that he allowed it to happen. But when I wrestled, I always emerged from that place with a stronger relationship with him because the relationship that we have with Christ can stand our pain and it will be richer when we bring that pain to him. So I appreciate you going there with us. Oh my goodness. Ah, you have just so many resources I just want to ask in closing, before we get into the secrets that I want to ask you about, (laughs) is there anything that you would like to share, you know, from the book that you have or to the listener that you just really feel as if she could use and it might encourage her in this moment? Uh, That's a good question. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like when we're talking about, you know, going to the Lord and asking and asking for something specific, I think that something that I experienced was a little bit of fear. And I think there was fear, like, what if God doesn't care about this as much as I do? 
or fear that, you know, it was too big or that it was too much. And very similar to what you're sharing about emotions, you know, like, is this emotion too much for the Lord, you know? Um, but (laughs) he's God. And so I just feel like sometimes we put our expectations from our experiences, whether it's a past relationship or conversation we've had, even with a really well-meaning friend on God. And we're like, Oh, God will probably respond this way. So especially to the girl who's like, maybe she shares a huge big with huge, big dream with someone and someone rolls their eyes at her. She's kind of thinking, well, if I pray about this, it's like, will God roll his eyes at me? No, (laughs) he won't. And God's dreams for you are always so much bigger than you could ever ask or imagine that's in the word, but it's really true. And so I think like God's heart for us is to invite us to continue to dream bigger. And I think part of that is in expressing those emotions too, because there's there's bigger healing than you can imagine to the girl who's experiencing those painful emotions. Um, there's bigger breakthrough than you can imagine. And even if you're thinking like this healing feels like it's unmanageably big, like God's healing for you is tenfold that. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. such a beautiful time. Thank you so much for your words. Where can everybody find your book, get connected to this beautiful blog and all of the resources that you have available for us? Yes. So I, my website is mrsmollywilcox.com. All my social media is also at Mrs. Molly Wilcox and the book is sold everywhere. Books are sold. It's how much more with a question mark, um, which I love because questions are good. Yes, <laughs> they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> find those links like on my website, social media pages as well, but you can also get it wherever you love to buy your books. Awesome. Everything will be linked down below. Now, on to these quick questions that I want to ask you. I'd like to know, what is one rhythm that you incorporate into your schedule or even something that you surround yourself with to remind you to slow down? Oh, yes. My pour-over coffee maker because it is so slow. (laughs) But I've heard um, that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have one. Oh, I like highly recommend it, but also it will slow down your morning routine for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. I love how, once again, referencing your, um, just your blog and your resources on how to read the Bible, you reminded us to, you know, even incorporate it with a practice. And so one thing that you will have time to do is pray while you wait for that pour over. <laughs> Trust me, I do that for sure. It feels like a very meditative thing because you're just pouring and waiting and pouring and waiting. So yeah. (laughs) That's beautiful. That is beautiful. What is one podcast you're listening to or book that you're reading? Listening to this one. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I love you. (laughs) Subtle plug. Um, Yes. I am reading so many books, but let's see, which one do I want to talk about? Well, right, right now I've been reading the tension of transition in the morning. It's a little devotional book by Craig Cooney. Um, he has an Instagram account called daily prophetic, and I'm actually doing a transition series on my blog right now. So that's why I wanted to 
revisit that book. It's the second time I've read it actually. So if it's good okay. enough for a second read, it's good Thank enough you. for a podcast. <laughs> I'm linking it down below and I'm going to get a copy of it as well, but not until I have linked how much more. So you can <laughs> get that first. <laughs> You know, you just came back from a beautiful vacation. Oh my goodness. And the, the pictures alone may be continuing to bring a smile to your face, but I would like to know what is bringing a smile to your face these days? Oh, so many things. I feel like so many just really, really sweet, simple joys in this season. October is my birthday month and I'm one of those people who loves my birthday. So I'm just like every moment of every day. I'm like, when I ask myself, should I buy this? Should I do this? I'm like, it's my birthday. So yes, actually I can show you. I already have. The <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes. I am so here for it. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. That Except is bringing me joy. <laughs> I love it even more that you have this birthday balloon wall. That is absolutely amazing. Oh my goodness. Well, as we prepare to close, would you just pray for us as we head out? Yes, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Jesus, so much for the opportunity to just share. And I pray that you would just highlight a little nugget to the girl listening, Lord, um, and that it would be something that she would carry with her to meditate on, to continue to just think and pray on, Lord. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide her and nudge her in the right direction, God. I just pray that every person listening would feel so confident um, as your daughter that they would just know, Lord, that everything that they desire, you long to hear about it, Lord, and to hear about it from them. And so I just pray for an increase of relationship and just an anointing over this podcast, Lord. I thank you for Liv and for her generosity and hosting, Lord. And we just pray blessings and a double portion on her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. That just blessed my soul. And I pray that you can say the same after this conversation. If that's the case, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible and leave a rating and review? It would truly support this podcast and let the guests know that you value their time. I know I do. Now, in between our time here on the podcast, I do want to let you know that I am at Candid Live on Instagram and at Live Duly on YouTube. It would be an honor to do life with you. I look forward to the next time. Love you.